I'm Kieran, and I want to help you knock fat and stress out of your life whilst becoming the healthiest that you can be. Join me and let's attack this journey together. Right, chaps, welcome to the afternoon. Um, good to have you guys here. Good start. So, um, it's a good start. Yeah, I think the easiest way to build this in would be talk about our experiences Absolutely. and kind of like the health and fitness industry and our journeys because we come from three very different backgrounds. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah, wing it from there. So right? I guess, yeah, and I guess for all the listeners on each of our things, maybe we'll do a quick intro from everyone first. Yeah. Who's who. So, Dave, you want to kick off? Yeah, so I'm Irish, obviously. Moved over here from the west of Ireland nine, no, seven, seven months ago, I think about that, um, to start personal training, qualified over in Ireland. And obviously want to move here because there's a bit more infrastructure when you're starting off. Um, also, the fitness industry is a lot bigger over here. Then moved over, lived in a hostel for like a week, bummed on a couch for a week, found a place to live for a month, um, found a job. And yeah, I've been working over here since and now moving a lot of stuff online. And that's why I'm here with these two guys. Kieran? So, uh, um, yeah, so I've been a PT for about seven years coming to my seventh year now um so obviously I'm a professional boxer and it was that that kind of led me into PT so I came out of uni um and I won like the national title and stuff like that went into a um like a corporate sales role selling advertisement um space in a conference news magazine literally wanted to like deep throw a pistol like all day every day but whilst I was doing that, I was, I was giving like people, um, I was taking people training, like doing pad sessions and that in parks on the weekends, and also um, doing little like training nutrition plans for people. So then it kind of just stemmed from there. Like one of my friends was like, she's getting to PT. So I just did sack the job off. And by a sack the job off, I got sacked. <laughs> um, I love when any of us pushes you off a cliff like that. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I, I got sacked. And then when I worked in a pub, for like the six weeks I did my PT quals. Um, and yeah, I went, went into fitness first down in, in Teddington where I used to live. Very cool. The rest Very is history. Cool. Mine's slightly longer than that, obviously, um, being the older of the group. Uh, I guess the way I describe it is the fact that I've, I come from the client side more than anything else. I've been in, been training in gyms for about 33 years, having lifted my first weights about the age of 17. In an attempt to get fit at that young stage, um, over the tw- over that 33 years, probably had 20 years worth of personal training from varying trainers, both here in the UK and in Australia. Um, and similarly, kind of went through, I've been in corporate for many, many years, but always had that, you know, passion to try to get into shape that then developed into a passion of helping other people get into shape. So someone had a very similar conversation with me and said, well, why don't you yeah. start PTing? Um, so... You know, coming on board with the same group that we're all in um, and, and training with Chris, then we had that conversation. And he's like, Well, why don't you come across um, and become a PT and get onto online training? Um, so I did, made the leap, and here we all are. That's funny, both of you had the conversation, Why don't you go into PT? Mine was like the opposite. Everyone was saying, Don't do that. Go to, go to uni. Because, <laughs> yeah. like in Ireland, everyone goes to uni. Yeah. Like well, it's quite funny you say that because mine was the same growing up. Like I was the first person in my family that kind of that went into that sort of self-employed realm because everyone in my life, like my dad's been in the army, all the kind of men in my family have been in the army. Um, 
and the women have always just had standard jobs like teachers my mum was always like admin and that was kind of how I was always born and raised was just you go to school then you then go to college you go to uni and you get a job yep. you work standard nine to five you go and you're a suit so yeah, you, you, you get enough money, you buy a house, you yeah. get married, you buy yeah, a house. Yeah, yeah, there's that standard yeah. kind of like social conformity, isn't yeah. there, that, that you, you kind of really pushed into. And then I guess it was really, really prevalent in my upbringing as well because my dad was in the army and it's just like everything in life is just so regimented and yep. structured and you're always just pushed into that way. Um, and now it's quite funny because it, loads of people in my family are self-employed like now my yeah. brother's got his own like recruitment business and he's smashing it both of my aunties have both got their own um got their own businesses and my mum now as well she just left her job at the hospital and has set up her own be- a beauty business alongside with my um auntie uh yeah, it's just um yeah it's crazy how things are all starting to train that uh, train change changing I know, but and, and, you know, and being as I said, being slightly ahead of the game, I, I, I was a bit the opposite. I kind of did go down that pathway. Well, I didn't actually. I was I've always been a bit rebellious and kind of. I left school very early. Um, went straight to the workforce. Didn't do university. Didn't do anything like that. Um, and I don't regret that. The slightest guy learned all my experience just through through working through it. But then tried to do the working in that mindset of going, you know, get a job, yada yada yada, you know, buy a house, and and never did. I've always been a bit rebellious and a bit kind of taking the risk. So. For me to swap and transition away from corporate into this space was mentally slightly easier because I've always yeah. been slightly more rebellious. But it's been a, it's a massive step, you know, because I really am stepping away from a conformity of, you know, high paying, <coughs> high paying corporate role, um, and you know, trying to build a business at this age, you know, with, with not the experience even you guys have got, you know, it's it's been a challenge. To say the least. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something though. three of us have in common though. And like a lot of people see that as nearly like laziness, being like, oh, you don't want to work through college, you wanna you don't want to put in the work. And I I think really it's the opposite. It's wanting to actually not go down the so called safe route and actually make something of yourself, if you know what I mean. Like you're very limited if you go to college and then get into a job, it's a lot you're a lot less likely to go and do what you really want to do if you're stuck. If you already invested that so much time now on money. that actually on that safe route option because I've had this co- I had this conversation with my client just before this actually Adam and he was just like ah oh, life's a bit savage because one of his really close friends um, late forties was like really like in a really good job um, was like head of an estate agents um, yeah and they went bust. And so he's just been made redundant. And I was like, that's one thing that we'll never suffer with is redundant, mm. like things like redundancy. Not, yeah, obviously, if the market flops, like yeah. we can just alternate our prices accordingly yeah. to that. But there's well, always going to be a need. Exactly. There's always going to be a need for people to have the, um, for what we do, yeah. Um, but then it's also like one of my old clients who's now a personal trainer, um, she works at Sky. She was. Um, she was working in, in an office and they yeah, got made redundant. She's like mid twenty. But that's it, like you as soon as the company needs to trim the fat, you're yeah. you're an employee, you're gone, like you're gonna be made redundant, which can happen which whereas if you're self employed and especially with a personal trainer, it's quite a fluid business. Like you can yeah. go to any avenue wherever right. you find And you can move, you can be flexible and be online, you can do it from anywhere in the world, you know, and you're not we're never gonna get sacked because you work for yourself. You're not going to get made redundant. But then it's also as you as you progress in your journey as a PT, it's what I found as well is 
you get so many different, so much different experience. Um, you'll do, where you'll find different avenues that you really enjoy. Like people go more into sort of like the nutritional therapy side of yep. things. Other people go into the more uh, physiotherapy, massage. So there's always these sorts of things, and you start specialising as well as you go through, and you kind of understand what you really enjoy doing and yeah. how you enjoy helping people the most. Yeah. So when you start specialising and going to those sort of avenues, yeah, you're always going to yeah, have... Yeah, the wards are to come in. I mean, even just niching down into speaking to certain people, you know, David, obviously, you'll probably looking at students and things like that. You know, I'm looking at the older, older corporate people. Um, you're looking at probably sports folk and, mm. you know, and, and sort of younger corporates. You know, so it's, there's, there's people out there for all of us. The thing, okay, the thing about it too is, let's say, never for, slow down. yeah, for for me and Kieran, like it's probably it was probably easier to get into the fitness industry because when you start, when you're starting from zero, yep. you nothing to lose. Let's say you have to leave a job to get to this, so you're kind of the exception to the rule. Whereas, like, it'd be very easy for me to next year go back and do the uni thing. Yeah. So, like, whereas if I'd gone into uni first, invest all that money in it, got into a job, and then realized, okay, if I want to actually do a PT business, I'm yep. gonna have to leave a job that I've invested quite a bit of time into. Whereas it's a lot easier for me to go back the way, you know what I mean? Yeah, yes and no, it depends on the circumstance. I think for me, you're right, I've left a very well-paying corporate job to set up this business, but I wasn't getting the satisfaction of life out of that, no matter how much money oh, I was yeah. earning. You know, so it wasn't a, it, it was a, it's been a challenging transition, I'm not going to deny that in the slightest, and I will continue to do so for a little while, I'd imagine, but... I don't regret it, and it's not, and I'm not not enjoying it. Oh, and you definitely shouldn't. I'm just saying you're the exception to the rule. Most people wouldn't have the balls to make. Right, no, exactly. It um, was a bloody tough call. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas for me, like I had nothing to lose when I went into this, yeah. and if I go back to college, I have nothing to lose. Sure. If anything in Ireland, I get college cheaper if I waste on twenty three. Yeah. They pay you to go to college if you're over twenty three. Mature student. So actually look looking at um the experiences that you've had with other personal trainers, let's kind of touch on that. So what with regards to your kind of health and fitness and yep. your say your fat loss journey, because you you got to a point you're quite overweight, weren't you? Well, several um, times I've bounced around over the years, you know, I was but I was one of those skinny kids, and this is the weird thing from a psychological point of view, and when people say fat lock and fat loss and fitness. You know, for me, for me, fitness is all about from an from an image perspective. Of a, as a kid, when I started this journey in my teens and early twenties, it was about fitness sort of equated to bodybuilding. Yeah. It, and as I got older, it, I became more aware of the fact that it wasn't bodybuilding per se. It was much more about being healthy, being fit, sports fit, um, beach fit, that kind of thing. So my image changed. But as a skinny kid growing up, I was tall and skinny all the time. I used to get bullied for being skinny, not bullied for being fat. So. When I did put on some weight, A, I didn't realize that I was actually holding that much. And I got to the point on one of my moves back around the world. So when I came, I'd been living in the UK and Europe for about 10 years or so, went back to Australia to, to think that was the right thing to do, jumped on the scales and I was 120 kilos. Didn't look it. And everyone sort of looked at me and goes, you don't, you know, I think I'm lucky that I carry weight really, really well. So I never thought I was fat or overweight. So then when I went through this transition, I started, when I started this particular journey back in June last year, I was 96 kilos. Um, but again, everyone's like, mm, you don't look it. You know? So I was lucky in the sense that I didn't have to lose a lot of weight. And I didn't think, the weird thing was I didn't think I had a lot of weight to lose. Um, yeah. But then managed to drop 20 kilos, almost 20 kilos. I was like, wow, I didn't know it. But the, the, 
back to the point about being the skinny kid was as I started dropping that weight, most people get really excited about dropping weight and get you know looking forward to the fact they're getting slim and, they were, and it was all working. I started panicking. I was like, I don't want to be that 14-year-old kid again or that 17-year-old kid again who's really skinny and underweight and gets, and gets, um, gets bullied. And I had that vision in my head and that's where I was headed as I started dropping all this weight and getting ready for my shoot. So when I finally got cut right down, I was at 76 kilos. You know, and that 76 kilos was the lightest I'd been since I was 17 years old. And it was a real mind screw up. Because I looked, obviously looked very different to what I did at 17, very different. But to hit that 76 kilo mark, kilogram mark again, psychologically, it was really, it was a real challenge. And I, as I started dropping below 80 kilos, I was saying to my coach, I say, I don't want to do it. I'm scared, man. This is this is freaking me out. I don't want to be skinny. I don't want to be skinny. He said, Do you have worry. any soul sabotage moments with that? Oh, so what? you know, you start getting in there, and you just be sitting there <laughs> yeah. like, what? What was yours then? What were your biggest like? The guys to self sabotage on that. So we, did you get like binge eating or anything like that? No, I just I guess right. I, I, I panic mode. And I think you know it's a term that people use with me a lot over the last six months. My head falls off quite often. And I, yeah. kind of, and I got to get off track and I kind of got to catch myself. And, and you go back to all those things that we learn, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later on in this conversation, about things like trusting the process, you know, listen to your coach, um, you know, just being patient and that it all works in the long run. I didn't binge or anything like that. If anything, I probably did the opposite. Yeah. You know, and, and unlike a lot of people when, they, when they're going through that, trying to get a better relationship with food, when they talk about binge eating, I'm the opposite, I'll starve. Not for the intention of losing weight, it's just I won't eat because I'm ner- I'm stressed or nervous. I don't eat when I'm stressed. I'm the other way around. I'm the opposite. See that? Yeah, see yeah, that? yeah. yeah. Do you know, this, I, this I, is I, I literally, get, and now that I'm on bulky, I'm trying to eat 4,000 calories a day. If I'm stressing out, I'm struggling to eat. See, this is one thing that I find very, very interesting. And it's like, you know, a lot of people say about genetics. It's like, oh, no, genetically, I'm just... It's not necessarily the genetic... Don't get me wrong, there's a huge genetic factor that comes into it. Yeah. But at the same time... People have such different relationships with food. So yeah. I said this, I've got one client in the minute who's trying to bulk up. Yeah. And he just doesn't eat. Like, he exactly. just does not like... like he, I'm like, how is your diet of the weekend? And normally at the weekend, people wake up, they like have a big like, r- like fry up. And, yeah, after and Sunday just, roast. Yeah, and he's just stuff, like, yeah. oh, I had lunch on Saturday. And I was like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the only meal and then, days, and, yeah. then, and then he's like, yeah, yeah just shit happened. Like, yeah. Things just got in the way and I couldn't... I'm just like, no. wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. I just don't, I've got a, it's not that I don't enjoy, don't enjoy food. I think my, my relationship with food has changed very differently. You know, I, I now look at fu- food as fuel. Mm. You know, I, it's, for me now, food is functional. I don't consider it, unless I'm going out for a nice meal with friends or, I'm seeing, or I've gone around for someone's house for dinner time or it's an occasion, food is just fuel. It's like having my breakfast in the morning is like cleaning my teeth. You know, having my lunch in the afternoon is like, you know, doing it just another chore. It's just something that I have to do, not because I enjoy doing it. Um, and with that, <clears throat> what helped with that mindset shift? Was that your coach that gave you that? Because I guess what mine with that was always when I'd be prepping for a fight, I'd have, I'd have, you have, I had such a strong why to get in shape yeah. because obviously there was going to be someone. If the if I didn't make weight, I wouldn't have a fight. I wouldn't get the opportunity to bang someone out <laughs> <laughs> this is a good good why like being the quite an yeah. aggressive guy growing, um, growing up um, but then I'd always really struggle because after that 
if I didn't have a fight booked in, I wouldn't have anything to kind of look forward to. And then if I'd been, which I usually, I used to do when I was a lot younger when I first started boxing, I used to restrict so savagely. I'd just get fat in like 10 days after. It was like disgusting how much weight I put on in, yeah. in a very short space of time. I think with me it was kind of, and people talk about resetting metabolism and all this kind of stuff, and I think there's, there's different thoughts and different beliefs around that as well. I, as I said, I grew up very skinny. I had a, I was what they would call, what you'd commonly call a hard gainer or, or, or a um, uh, slow build or whatever you want to call it back in my teens and 20s. I could eat anything I wanted to, I wouldn't put on weight. Yeah. Obviously, as I hit my sort of mid 30s and into my 40s, that changed. Um, and again, I put on weight, but without realizing I was putting on weight, and because I didn't look like I was getting big, um, I didn't worry about it as much. I didn't, I never got that negativity towards food I loved yeah. eating and I loved drinking and it was fine and it was only so I never I never got to a point in relationship with food that it, it became something I didn't enjoy doing because it was bad for me when I say I flipped it across to being as food as fuel now it's because I've never had a bad relationship with food or I had a really good one it's just food is just food yeah. I still love my food I still love eating and I'll go out and eat it have a great meal with friends and things I'll go and enjoy a different cuisine or something like that but now that it's not something that I think that I'm owed or I deserve or that I'm entitled to it's something that is dysfunctional you know everyone you know everyone gets in this particularly in western society we get in this you must have three meals a day sort of terminology yeah. it's almost like it almost is an entitlement and every we meal has western... to be like there's a set structure of what exactly. you're allowed to eat correct like, and it's I, like... used to, I used to love having steak and eggs I'd be yeah. heavy in training because those are like vitamins and starting the day yeah. with red meat yeah. I used to find it just give me a bit of energy correct and a lot of people look at me and I do the same <laughs> thing I'm eating steak and eggs now they're like what do you, what do you mean steak and eggs for breakfast I'm like yeah I said, trust it. That is the it, it, breakfast of champions. Exactly. Because I mean, and what you and what you learn, and, and I did to answer your question before, I did learn this through my coach is that having a high protein breakfast, so get away from the cereals, get away from porridge, get away from oats, stops the slump. It yeah, stops the it stops yeah. the midday slump. It, it, you, you your brain functionality and cognitive cognitive function throughout the morning <laughs> is so much better. Yeah. You're clearer. You, well, you go into lunch and do the same thing and don't have a carby lunch like bread or sandwiches or like mm. everyone does. You know, you go to you go to out to watching people having lunch. It's burgers, it's sandwiches, it's Pastas, wraps, it's pasta, it's, it's rice. So you get that three meals, crisps, sandwich. Exactly the same as meal deal for pound fifty. Whatever. That's it is. You wake up with elevated cortisol levels and like a bit of inflammation, and then you start adding, adding carbs to the equation, and then you just get yeah. that slump in the middle of the day that you Correct. don't need at all. Or you get another one at three o'clock in the afternoon. You get that three o'clock. So what about yourself actually, Dave? So obviously. As I was just saying, hey, you're looking like you're cracking Nick, and you say you've kind of, you're like me, like I, I just happily eat. Like if I'm bored, I'll eat. If I'm not doing anything like that, like what about you? So because now you're on, um, you're training with Co- uh, with Wade as well, aren't you? So have you found that nutrition plan that he's given you different to kind of like your normal, the way you normal normally eat? Sorry. Yeah. So I've always been. Like with anything, I'm either full on or full off. So even like you were saying, you go complete ham at it for months, like, or else you just not do it at all. Yeah. And I was always like that. So like, I get really lean, and then I go absolutely off the rails. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. It was. It wasn't from like a lack of knowledge. It was just like uh, I. I was that type of person. So I always had like one main focus. So I was either focusing completely on diet and training, or else I was focused on like doing like business stuff or doing something else. Um, but yeah, I definitely had a terrible relationship with food for a long time because it was always um, 
food was like a reward for training kind of way. Yeah. Whereas now, especially having a coach where it's like, you just have to take the choice out of it. Like if I have choice, I'll just eat whatever I want all the time. Whereas if I have some food pre-made and it's just in the fridge, I'll just eat whatever's there. I'll try and probably bank a lot of it for later on in the day because that's how I'm more hungry. Um, but yeah, once I just take the choice out of it, I don't have to think about it. I find it a lot better. So how do you structure your sort of stand daily diet? Like how do you, cause you're obviously very high protein fat, aren't you? Yeah. You're very low carb. What about yourself? Actually, no, mine's a, lot, mine's a lot higher carb now because that's where I get a lot of my calories from. But the carb, oh yeah, Mr. Four Thousand, Four Thousand calories. calories a day. <laughs> yeah. So it's all and all my carbs are and again it's down to my coach. So I don't structure it. It's what my coach tells me to do. It's what Chris tells me to do. And it's, yeah. so most of my carbs are around my workout perimeter. So I have no carbs for breakfast, no carbs at lunch. Actually, no, most of my it's shifted slightly. So I have I breakfast first, then I'll train massively high, carbs throughout in my intra workout. Big hit of carbs straight after workout. Mm. Um, carbs at lunchtime as well, and then no carbs at dinner. Not because there's no carbs at night thing, it's just because the carbs are around that workout okay. perimeter. Um, so that's how it's structured, but that's not my choice, that's what. Yeah, well, I'd always, I've started to do it that way anyway, it's just like structuring around the workout, because especially if you're trying to cut, obviously you want to keep nearly like when you're working out, you want to feel like you're not on a cut. So, like, yeah. on a, on, during your actual workouts you're able to keep intensity high you get more benefit from that you'll end up burning more calories probably and getting the best out of it um, but then throughout the day when you don't need them and you're not going to be going up and down with your blood sugar levels better off just to keep it lower carb especially when you're trying to fight off cravings yeah so then I would say it's just for people listening what what would be like a standard meal for you so outside of the training window, what would you say would be a standard meal then? So if someone's like, well, how do I not have carbs at a meal? Chicken and veg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chicken and veg. Uh, Seriously, that's it. You know, and I, that's it, just meat and veg. I've, yeah, I've literally eaten chicken and vegetables for the last seven months. <clears throat> literally. And it every, sounds, almost, almost every meal. It but. sounds scarier than it is. When you actually start eating it, you kind of start looking forward to it. There's so much you, you can do learn it. how to do it. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's so many ways to do it. like... But there's so many different ways that you can cook. Just like it doesn't have to be obviously chicken, but like a lean of meat yeah. and vegetables. It doesn't just have to be you just. But something something I want to point out is right, like it's you know, do you know when you get like Sky TV or you get one of them and you're like oh I fucking six hundred channels now and yet you still can't find anything that you want to watch. That's <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. It's the same. It's the same with food when you could literally get whatever you want like you're going to end up not enjoying it as much or whatever or you'd be like alright I want this I want that and going off plan if you actually stick to like the same foods for a week I guarantee after that food just won't be a choice anymore it won't even be something you think about well, this is it and, and, autopilot. and this I guess what I, that's exactly what I meant by the fact that I'm kind of autopilot is a good term mm-hmm. is that I remember when I was when I was prepping for my shoot and I get to and I got down to the crazy 650 calories a day the week before the shoot and then a few days out of the shoot you know, Chris is like what's your favourite vegetable and I'd been on broccoli and spinach for so long, I couldn't, I literally couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> and he said, what's your favorite vegetables? I was like, and I was absolutely stumped. I was like, what, there, is, there, there are other vegetables? <laughs> I'd completely forgotten that there are other vegetables in the world. And it was just that weird situation because when you, when you, when you, take, every, when you take choice out, yeah. um, you know, then it, it, and you're forced, and you're forced into doing, to sticking to a regime, it actually becomes easier than it sounds. And it's weird talking to some of my clients who they, they struggle with that regime and they struggle with that. They call it restriction and they get restriction confused with consistency. Yeah. And I think if people keep, and this is this relationship with food things comes back into it. If people feel that a 
diet's just a simple diet, i.e. simple in the sense there's not a lot of option or choice, that if they feel that that is restrictive, rather look at it as being a positive, being consistent, that's where their heads fall off. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a huge one, actually, is the way you frame things completely. It's that perspective, isn't it? If you perceive things as negative, then instantly it's going to have that negative cor- um, connotation in your mind. Whereas if you just kind of see things, as I say, it's just being consistent. It's just eating normally. Yeah, don't think... And it takes... I think also as well, when you have just quite a straightforward diet, it just makes life so much easier because like yeah. you go shopping, get the same few bits, as most people do most of the time. And then, you know, whenever you go to the fridge and that, you've always got the same sort of foods there. And it just makes... I just think it makes life so much easier rather than having to make decisions, decisions, decisions. What do I want for dinner? Do I want this? Do I want that? I'm just like... And think about like how much time you spend like scrolling through your phone or something. And it's like it's because you have too much things that you can do on your phone. Yeah. Like if you want to actually do a job, then you have to do something else. Whereas like if you start taking the choice out, you know, like having set times that you can use your phone or like having set meals like yeah. that, you don't miss it when they're gone. But it's the thought of actually doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's true. And it kind of, you either get distracted. So you get distracted by food as well. Yeah. And it's also that thing that then some people quite often say this. So the minute you tell someone something like, Tell someone they can't have something. They want it. They want it. Even if they've never had it before, I don't have it that regularly. You know, I'm, I'm not a big, I was never a big chocolate eater. You know, the minute I was told I couldn't have chocolate, I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what? What do you mean I can't have chocolate? Um, and and it, you start associating it with like kind of, yeah. oh, when I do this, I get that kind of way. Or like when, when I'm stressed, I start scrolling through my phone. Or when I'm in the evenings when I'm bored, I start doing that. Or instead of doing something productive or something yep. good, you know? Yeah, it's the habit thing. If, if kind of we fall into... You know, as human beings, we don't like discomfort. No. You know, we'll always try to take the easiest way out. We'll try to take the simplest method, the shortest path, um, yeah, and the most comfortable route. So, yeah, you're 100% right. You know, if you've got, all of a sudden you've got some spare time, rather than thinking, I'll do some more work, I'll dim some more people cold, I'll do whatever I want, all the stuff you don't like doing, you'll decide to do something much more comfortable. Yeah. You just have to make the habits yeah, you've got to get, well, it's just, yeah, you've got to make a habit, make it, and make it enjoyable, so reward yourself. So we talked about reward a second ago. So then for, if you make that plan to do something that puts you into, into discomfort, make sure at the other end of that, there's something to look forward to. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's a bit like anything, any of these preps and shoots and things, or, or boxing or whatever, you know, there's always something afterwards. And that was the biggest mistake I made when I did my photo shoot. I didn't have anything planned for straight afterwards. So I came out of that shoot with the hype of it, the emotions of it, the, the training, the regimentation, the structure, everything, all that stuff was built up, built up, built up, built up, boom, did the shoot, then nothing. Yeah. It was the weirdest feeling. I you literally woke up this morning and go, what do I do now? Yeah. yeah. Everyone who does a show says the same thing. Yeah. You get to the top and then it's just like, where do you go from there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just you've start going next, down? Or? You've got to have the next goal. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be the same thing. You know, you look at someone like Wade as an example. He's done bodybuilding, he's done physique modeling, and now he's doing powerlifting. So he's shifting. Yeah. It's still within the realms of fitness, but he's shifting the priority. So he gets some, some variety, some diversity, and he has a goal to work towards all the time. Yeah. Um, and then means he's really living the deficit as well. <laughs> exactly, like the rest of us do. Well, yeah. Like me. yeah. Um, it's very true. So, on good habits then what do what do both of you think about sleep how seriously do you take it how high do you prioritise it highly prioritise take it seriously but get fuck all yeah <laughs> um, you know I think sleep is massively important both for mental you know physical recovery you know scientifically you say that all the time but in practicality it's not always there yeah 
You know, and I think particularly working in our space when we're entrepreneurial, we've got businesses to run and things, you know, we're always told by our coaches and mentors, get sleep. But then when you say, oh, I'm, I'm, I didn't do this because I got some sleep, they're like, you're about to feel guilty the fact that you actually got or six you hours sleep. And, like, and they're like, yeah, I only sleep. got two hours sleep. Like, like, uh, yeah. Or don't sleep. Or it's, they go on a whole weekend true, with, with no sleep. But at the same sleep. time, it depends on your situation. Like with me and you, where we're um, face, like I do a lot of my, my personal training face to face, as I'm only just getting into your nine round now. So I'm up, I have clients 6 a.m. Like every morning. Yeah. I'll always try and be in bed for half nine. Like, I'll always try and get a little half hour, like, reading my book. Yeah. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just one of those things. Like, I'll always try. Um, but then it's like, what I find, like, like, this weekend, I was yeah. just so blown out. Like, I was just exhausted. So, I mean, and this is just, like, I literally kicked it all weekend. So, I was like, I don't actually want to see anyone. So, when, like, spent the day on Saturday, like, walk around Windsor. But, yeah. I mean, I was a... Every day slept like twelve hours, like just like got like mad sleep. I was in bed on like nine a.m. on Saturday. See, I, I feel like, guilty if I do that. Fuck. I feel massively. I know I need it, but I feel massively guilty because I, you know, I'm constantly thinking I need to do more work, need to do more bits and pieces, need to do something else. You know, sleep's sleep's a luxury, but I know I need it. Yeah. But I, I would feel horribly guilty if I got anything more than six hours a night. But as I said, like I'm one of them all or nothing people. So I, <laughs> I literally, no, so I literally haven't said like that it's non-negotiable eight hours sleep. So like I could yeah. be in the middle of something that is life or death, and I'll literally just drop it and go to bed. I'm Sorry, like, mate. No, that's <laughs> mate. I can't do that. Someone <laughs> be on the phone to me. I'd be like, no, no, I have to go. They'd be like, why? I'm like, it's really important. Next thing, I just gone to bed. No, so, that's good. Like it's one thing that I am really trying to just establish and, and keep solid is is a good sleep routine. But it, it's just weird though, because I find some days that I wake up, for say, go to the toilet at three o'clock, and then I'll lie back in bed and I'll be like, boom, oh, I didn't update that on my click funnel, and I'll be like, yep. And then as soon as you get that message, like, as soon as you get me, I'm like, well, look, I'm getting up in two hours anyway, I can do it then. I'll be lying there, I'll be like, nah, in yeah. my head, I've got this click funnel, click funnel, and it's like. My thing with that is every time I get up or anything, I won't, I will not turn the light. If I have to go to the bathroom or anything, I won't turn the light. Oh, no, yeah, I yeah, yeah, never, yeah, never. No, well, no, we've no. got dimmer lights. Yeah. So, worst case, like, I'll put the light down. Really yeah. Like, so before I go to bed, like, I normally say about 6 p.m., I get, like, I've made, like, a rule in the house that the, the lights have to be dim really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. low. Because it's just, yeah, those little yeah. things can make a huge difference. Well, yeah, it's, it's things like, like having a very dark glasses. room, no blue light beforehand. You know, I'm a shocker. I will sit there on my phone until the minute I'll get to sleep. Yeah. Do you have it on night mode then? Yeah, it goes in, it, it yeah. takes the blue light stuff out. But again, because I just can't stop my brain. And then it takes me hours to fall asleep. So I have, I've taken, I've do you started do taking meditation some supplements. Then? Do you do any meditation? I do. I meditate in the mornings. And I used to, when I was prepping, when I was shoot prepping, I used to meditate at night as well. And I probably need to get back to that routine because it, it did help. You know, and I there was two things that well at, at, at the book end of the day, either end of the day, there's two things I did at both ends. In the first thing in the morning, either meditate, I meditate first, yeah, and then I journal and do gratitude and that kind of stuff and, and plan my day. At the other end of the day, I do the opposite. I then journal what happened that day. Did I achieve my targets? If not, why not? What did I learn? And then I do gratitude again. Then I meditate. Then I go to sleep. And what? And that helped. Of- that massively helps. What are, what other kind of stuff do you put in place to help with sleep? Like, so you've light, meditation. Do you do any like hot cold therapy, hot showers? 
Bring your body temperature no, down, no, cold no, room, anything like that? Like no, cold, like, cold room, I like, a, I like a fresh air in my room, so my windows are almost always open, even so. all year round. Yeah, unfortunately, the place we live in now, we've got like our windows are balcony doors, so we've got oh, a big yeah. double door, so we cool. can't open it. Yeah. A bit annoying. Um, but yeah, apart from our house, is, our house is pretty cold as, as it is. So. <laughs> Because you just tighten up how your bills in one piece. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's like in London, everything's be single glaze, isn't it? Oh, well, ours is absolutely no. boiling all the time. Because oh, we're really? on the ninth floor, I think everyone below us must have the heat on. We haven't turned on the heat yet. No, we're in a, we're in a top Seriously? floor. Like, oh, yeah. Our heating turns off about nine o'clock, so then by the time it comes to like when they go to get them to bed, it's yeah, pretty. Yeah. It's not it's not warm, but like it's cool enough. But yeah. no, nah, I just find all the hot cold therapy and all that sort of shit. It's it might make the one two percent difference. I think no, I take ZMA. Um, yeah, I've said it too. I yeah, think I've got a little bit of a placebo of that. So I'm like, if I don't take my ZMA, I won't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just got this weird like thing now. So I, I just call them like my little not like my little sleepy tablets. Yeah. And then they say I got my girl my girlfriend taking. She's like no interest in health and fitness or anything. She thinks like the way I eat at times as well. She's just like this bizarre. Um, chicken and broccoli but yeah <laughs> and then, but like every now and again she um, I, I like to tell her she's like oh can I have some of those little sleeping tablets <laughs> and like I, I remember the first time I gave it to her she woke up she was like what the fuck do you give me last night I, <laughs> and I was like out. why she goes awesome I feel amazing but my dreams oh really <laughs> yeah dream, about that like, my dreams are insane like, could I'll find sleeping, everyone sleeping deeper or something no or? but see if she didn't have zinc or magnesium like um, or whatever the other one that's in it iodine I think is the other thing that's in it um, in the ZMA you don't get into your deep sleep so then it's like your brain is either deprived of like your REM sleep where you actually dream it's like alcoholics when they get off alcohol yep. and they actually get into deep sleep it happens yeah. with like caffeine and everything and you get like them delirium trims where you yeah, get yeah. Them really lucid dreams so it's probably something like that effect that's a good thing to touch actually. on as well um, alcohol Ooh. what have your, <laughs> what are your what are your relationships like and how has that kind of changed? Especially for you, actually, going from a corporate background and... Yeah, it was tough. I mean, because for me, alcohol always was associated with social, being social, and still is. Um, and I think there's... So I went through a couple of phases. When I, when I hit that 120 kilogram mark back in Australia, when I went back about 10, 10 or so years ago, I, I managed to... The one thing I, st- I changed when I realised I had to lose some weight was I stopped drinking alcohol for six weeks. Yeah. Didn't change my exercise, didn't change my diet, and I dropped a- I dropped eleven kilos in six weeks just by stopping drinking. So clearly there's a there's an association with alcohol and weight gain or weight loss or, or carrying fat or carrying weight. This time round it was kind of and again a bit like David's it's all or nothing. I have to go all or nothing on the booze as well yeah. because I'm a I've been drinking for years and I can't have one beer or one glass of wine. Doesn't work. Just doesn't work. So I, I have to I had to I had to make a call. It's like something had to I had to sacrifice something. Um, and I couldn't I found it very hard to then socialise without drinking, so I had to stop socialising. That was probably not a great thing. Um, you know, I've I've potentially lost some friendships over it and, and been out of touch with people and things, but I know that I need to get better at willpower when I am socialising and I have done it that period of time in the six weeks in Oz when I was doing it I used to go out still and be able to drink soda and lime and didn't worry about it mm. this time around I think because there's so much pressure on on diet and training and everything else that was going on to then try to socialise and, and not have the or have the willpower to not drink 
that was tough. Yeah. So I had to stop socialising. I find that really interesting that even at like 50, it's the same thing. Whereas like my excuse, like with all my friends are in college, so they're all big drinkers yeah. now. But then I'm like, well, it's not going to go away. So um, it's, it's a very, I think it's a very British thing as well though. I think an Irish. Well, yeah, well, even, yeah, maybe UK or UK or Ireland, European thing. Well, also the, the British Isles, I think, because I mean, Australia are big drinkers, we're big boozers, but not, I don't think nearly as bad as the Brits are. You know, in, no, particularly in London, so everything is associated around drinking. But Australia don't have pubs, obviously. Well, no, not as not, not to the extent of London. No, they, you know, yeah, I know, but so yeah. when I met one of my um, friends when I was over in, in Melbourne, with my mate Paddy, so and we're friends from uni and all we ever used to do was just get lashed together. Yeah. And um, so he messaged me, he's like, oh, we'll go out for brunch tomorrow. And so I kind of told my missus, because me and my missus planned, she was meeting some of her friends, and we're going to kind of meet for, like, late lunch dinner. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll have to, I'll message you when I'm there, because I don't know how this is going to go. I was like, I don't know if brunch, brunch this means, like, a boozy brunch. I was like... Or not? I was like, I've no. I was like, this is Paddy. Brunch, I was like, brunch so is normally me. From booze. what I remember, I was like, yeah. From what I remember, if this is Paddy, it's like I'm going to be crawling out of that place at three o'clock. Yeah. I was like, so I don't know what'll happen. Um, and yet it wasn't. It just it literally met up for brunch, and I was like, I feel very sophisticated. And I was like, I don't know if it's that. I was like, maybe we are just getting old. <laughs> well, you know, I think it does, that's it. Maturity does come into it. You know, I, I, I kind of. And to be honest, now, and I, I say this now slightly flippantly, but I'm, I'm I just I don't enjoy drinking that much anymore. Cause, and not so much the drinking itself; it's the it's the afterwards. Yeah. Mm. You know, because we're so busy throughout the week and things, and you know, constantly busy. I hate losing time. I've just said that I don't like the sleepy locks. I feel guilty. Yeah. Um, the thought of me losing it, like I used to do, go out on a Friday night and then get up at three o'clock on the Saturday afternoon, four or five hours of doing something, and then out again Saturday night, same again the next day. You lose an entire weekend. Yeah. Well, and I, just, and I miss and then, that, and I think <laughs> I just I can't do that anymore. I don't like losing a, that we're time. We're not on Monday to Friday now either. Like not anyway, at all. So you can't. Really yeah, well, that's the that. thing. Yeah, I work Sundays as well, so it's not yeah. like Saturdays is my only day off, and that's only been know, yeah, imposed by my girlfriend. She's like, yeah. we're having a line together one day, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. But um, no, that's yeah, that's very much been this came from same for me. Like coming through uni, yeah. Um, all my all my closest friends there, we just go out and just get lagging all the time. Whenever I meet them, that's what it is. It's always just beers, beers. You always exactly. meet around a very alcohol alcoholic based yeah. event. Um, well, I guess that's why it's good to have like a group of friends like this, where yeah. we come to meet up to like get work done. Yeah. But then you also have friends who you associate with going out just mm. on the lash. Yeah. But it's like we say with where you lost friends. I, I, I've lost quite a, not lost, but like I'm not nearly as close to yeah. a lot of friends that I was really close with yeah. when I was at uni because of because of that. And it's the thing like obviously when, before like PT and that I was so focused on my boxing. So I've always been good with that. Like six eight weeks before a fight it's like I won't drink like I've become so focused on that and they'd be going out every bloody Friday Saturday night Thursday Friday Saturday exactly. night getting getting lashed it's like I can't do that because I need to be up at seven to go for my morning run and yeah. then I've got like normally have like a sparring session or something at ten o'clock like training full time you, you just don't get the opportunity so I just yeah cut exactly. loose from that or I'd go out for an hour well, it's the, it's the, it's the like, change of priorities right it's mm. the it's the 
the social <clears throat> aspect of getting lashed and, and having hangover stuff suddenly is less important than working towards a fitness goal or working towards a training goal or whatever we're doing or business goal you know your priorities shift slightly yeah you know and I just don't have the time to waste feeling hungover and sorry for myself yeah you know because it's true what they say as you get older it's harder um I can't drink like I used to do at all I'd literally go for weekend vendors out on a Friday night back home on a Sunday um can't do that and then go to work the next day quite happy I'd even get to the point I'd go out till yeah, on a, I used to be able that. to go out till, on a Sunday night I dare say I say this go out on a Sunday night till 7am on a Monday morning go home shower change go to work I believe it was it. only about 4 o'clock in the afternoon I started feeling a bit shitty and then managed scrape through the next couple of hours then go home and I'd be fine but it was just um, no, I'm the world's I could not do that there's absolutely no way I could do that now oh, see I've lost I still don't get them. Like, not they're really drinking it all, but I've never, I've never suffered with hangovers. So I could literally oh. go, out, I could go out in the lash for two weeks no straight. No way. And I'd, I would I'd do probably it. just my body would start going. I'm gonna fight you. But <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's it. Like I don't, um, I don't get hangovers at all. You're so lucky. That's just oh man, I. Oh. I went out the middle of December with one of the lads in London yeah. for like before Christmas before we went home. Um, and it, I got such a hangover. I was like, all right, I have yeah. too much work to do over Christmas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going drinking. Well, I can, so have, then, uh, the same, I can have two or three drinks now and I get drunk rather than before it used to be a lot. It wasn't even that I, oh, I, I drank never, shit I'm the next day. Out, I'm like still notoriously a lightweight from... I'll have like two drinks. I'm like, woo! Yeah. I'm like a toucan Van Damme, I call it. <laughs> two cans of something ninja shots. Yeah, that's oh, it. I was the opposite. I used to drink... Oh, God, there was a time I could do a whole bottle of Jack Daniels in one night. Jeez. On top of beers and wine. But even after I took that break off, I went for like one night there maybe two weeks ago. The guys were over from Ireland. They went drinking for like four days straight when they were over. I done one night, I done one <laughs> night with Can't them. And they woke up the next day like completely fine. I sleep till three in the day. I just I thought I was going to get sick if I lifted my head off the pillow. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm getting too old, too young. It's bonkers, isn't it? I think it was like, yeah, it's an age thing, but it, I mean, you should yell at it, you're getting too old. What are you, 20? <laughs> um... I think it's it is a it's I think it's just a priority shifting. I think it's interesting watching, and it's interesting you say that like twenty year olds now. You know, the, the there seems to be a shift in that younger generation of people not going out and getting boozy anymore. It's not nearly as prolific as it used to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it is. What do you um, recommend to your clients? Booze about wise. alcohol, yeah, because obviously I'm guessing yeah. yours are a lot more um, sort yep. of. Yeah, older corporate. I'd say actually, I say all all the minor corporate as well. So, what do you say to? I say, look, you know, unless they've got the willpower and the strength of the commitment to do so, don't try to cut it out all at once. It's too Mm. difficult if they're used to it. Particularly a lot of them doing, and I've done it myself. Corporate functions and travel and work and meetings and things like that, and networking events. You know, booze is always a part of it. So, I tell my clients just to be very wary of it, and from a calorie intake point of view minimize it as much as possible so you know strongly suggest off beers but onto white spirits you know and diet mixes or low cal mixes bank banky calories slash you know um get the bulk of your calories in one of my my biggest steps is something i did myself is i'd eat quite one of my larger meals before i went out yeah so therefore i had no calories left to 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 have but also was i was full so i didn't feel hungry um, whereas if I did the opposite and go, okay, I'll bank my calories and not eat during the day so that I had more calories to spend over the booze, I'd end up drinking too much. And then eating afterwards. And then eating afterwards and with a kebab on my way home at three o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff, which, which ruins it. But 
you know, and the thing with the thing with alcohol, this is again what I try, I try to explain to my my clients is not all calories are made equal. So, alcoholic calories are absolutely useless. Unlike carbs or protein or calories come from nutritious nutritious food, calories that come from alcohol does serves no purpose. Yeah, you, you, your body can't off, use it. You can't burn it. Use it off as energy. So what the body has to do, it has to get rid of it first. Yeah. So it spends all its time getting rid of all these useless calories gets no benefit from it whatsoever and then starts chipping into the calories you should be using for to either get energy or eat um, get energy or, or fuel um, and then burn it accordingly but alcohol is such a you know it, it's it, its own it, macronutrient really. it's, there's, well there's no there's no macronutrient it's pure it's sugar you know there's yeah, nothing in it but not even not, good sugars it's not the same as carbohydrates like 7 no. calories per gram or something it's its own thing it can only be broken down it can only be broken down one way exactly right that's why I made the body recognises alcohol so it has to get rid of it first yeah. Um, and it's poison, like yeah, it is essentially poison. poison. And so it's it's and so I, I try to educate my clients around that to answer your question and kind of say, look, you know, I'm, I can't tell you to stop drinking. Um, you can choose not to. And I'd be, it'd be great if you did because it would benefit a bit more beneficial for you. But just be aware of it. Or I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Give them top tips as I as I said, you, you your carb load or not carb load, your calorie load or calorie save. Um, you alternate, which is what I quite often do. I'll do vodka lime and soda. Lime and soda, vodka lime and soda, yeah. lime and soda. That's one of the biggest things that I found for for myself when I go out, because I get lagging so quickly, and you people always like drag you into rounds. It's like when they get to me, I just get myself a diet coke, yeah, and like rather than a rum and diet coke, yeah, it's gonna save you a bit of money as well when you're buying yourself drinks. Exactly. And the thing is, you underestimate. Like you get to that point when you're pretty drunk, and it's like you know probably don't really need to keep no, drinking. Not at all. Because when you do, you just get, you just start absolutely like lagging. You're sort of like, ah. It's like, you don't need to well, get you lose that, that functionality, that don't you? Yeah. you? You lose functionality. You lose, you lose kind of control of inhibition slightly. And, you know, it can be fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we've all been there. I think we've all partied and had a great time at, at the end of it. And, you know, what the, the, what's the great line is you remember the night's out, not the night's in. Yeah, you know, we've all had some fantastic times from a from a lifestyle point of view. But I just think if you are if you're serious about your fitness and your health, which obviously in our space we all have to be, you've got to you've got to weigh up the you've got to weigh up the the, the balance but between having, what's worth it and what's not worth. I was it. having this conversation with my clients, and so he runs a lot. He he tracks and measures everything. Yeah. So he's very very rigid with it, even to the point he's he will tell me what how his like. Blood pressure's improved over wow. the course of time we've been training, how yep. he's like resting, heart rate, and all this sort of stuff. His stress level, all like he yeah, yeah. measures everything to the T. Um, and he's lost quite a lot of weight, and his weight has, has fluctuated. I mean, I've trained him for years, and his weight has fluctuated. Um, and the times that we got down to the best, to his best weight, um, was again, yeah, when he he didn't cut, he didn't cut drink out because he's got like a weird. Not weird, but he struggles with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like he really, he's got he's got a, a slight dependency with it. Yeah. And so we're having this conversation um, end of last week, and that's what he was kind of saying. He's trying to limit himself to two drinks a day. Wow. Like and that, a, a day, yeah, yeah. yeah. A day, and he's like, he's like, he randomly went out the other day when he was on holiday with his wife. Like he's he's a much older man. He's, I mean, he's late, mid, no, he's late fifties. Yeah. He's married, um, and he said he went out of his missus, got, just got smashed. 
Like, yeah. and it's to the point that in the morning, his wife's like, what are you doing? Because you couldn't get her best. She was so hungover. Uh, She's like, why did you have to get so drunk? And I was like, like, she got a little bit drunk. Yeah. But he got, like, bollocks. And then he's just like, uh, he's like, I don't know why I keep doing this. And he, then and we were having this talk, and I was like, you understand that if you're having two drinks a day, so he normally, because he likes it when he gets in from work, he'll have a yep. drink, like a, a, he says a gin and tonic. And it's a free pour gin and, to- gin and tonic. So I was like, so you're probably, you say you're, you're going to have a round on average anywhere between sort of four and six, seven hundred calories. So you add that up over, over the course of a week. And I was like, when, um, what do you call it, is say the average fat loss, like pound of fat loss is 3,500 calories. Yeah. I was like, you're hammering all of your hard work that you do in the gym with your exactly diet. Right. And it's like, if you just cut out that one little thing, just, just for a hurry. short amount of time. Exactly. Even if he does, even if he does five days of the week with nothing. Just and then go that, for the week, and that's what yeah. my thing was: is just yeah. go for the weekends. And when that's what he managed to do before. Yeah, I guess the danger is that they go nuts at the weekend. You know, they've got lots more up their sleeve. But when they don't, you know, and the, and the idea is if, if he's normally doing two a day, seven days a week, then drop five days a week, and still just do two a day on the weekends, yeah. rather than going, okay, well, I've actually got ten up my sleeve. I'll have ten a day. And then not only that, but then track yeah. it. So yeah. like you say with calorie, like calorie bars, so yeah. save up, save up a thousand calories or something for the weekend, but actually track your drinks. Yep. And plan like that's what I do is I plan around that. So I plan maybe a bottle of wine in for a night out, but then when you're having that that your each glass of wine have a pint of like water or mm-hmm. sparkling water there it's going to fill you up a little bit more exactly. and just make sure you keep drinking that yep. so that you're not just drinking your um, your wine glass well it keeps you also hydrating and that's what obviously causes a hangover is that dehydration so that if you're not used to drinking and you drink more than you normally would when you're not drinking as much then you'll get that hangover faster but if you alternate it with water it doesn't it doesn't hurt as much trust yeah me. and then and that's like what we were saying now I can't not drink Rapidly, yeah. Like yeah. I can't. I can't just sit down and savor things. It's like, yeah, I've just. I'm so fast paced in everything I do, and I'm always yeah. rushing through life, which that's, isn't a good thing. Which is one caffeine. thing I want to address. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. doesn't help. But then, I think so that's why it's good to have a drink like that. So that's what I do now. If I were to go out and Mrs. is like, oh, I want to have a glass of wine with dinner, like. I'll do that. I'll have a, a, a small glass of wine, but I have a pint of water there so that when I'm filming, I've wanted to grab it. I'm like, well, she she can drink like nicely slow. So I try and keep up with her, like drink for drink. But when I want to drink, I just have to drink the water. Yeah. Otherwise, I just end up smashing off a bottle and yeah. she's probably done a small glass. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah. I know. It's just, it's it's one of the, It's why I, I know it's a weakness of me that if I get on it, I'll get on it quickly. And hard yeah. and go fast and, and go nuts on it. So it's I just our personalities. That's why we're in the job we're in, I guess. Well, exactly. It's, being, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a social thing as well. You know, it's fun. You know, it's it's fun, and you kind of you keep up with everybody else and have a bit of a laugh. And you, before you know it, you've you've gone through way too much. And it makes you worse at socialising when you are sober. Mm. When you when you get used to that, when you get into that habit of having a drink every time you go socialising. Yeah, it is, it's interesting having done it where I've been out when I haven't been drinking. This is again that time when I was back in Australia. I did six weeks without it. It was quite weird to be completely sober. Everyone else was trashed. Yeah, it's it, quite it, funny. It's then, really funny. It's actually really like you're, you're the, it feels like you're on the new drug. You're <laughs> yeah. the one that's different, and it's kind of like this is really weird. It's kind of and it got to the point. It was like kind of cool. It was kind of cool. It's like 
okay, how's this going to feel this oh, week? I thought the best it was that you realised just how much like oh, people God. turn into ball bags. Like, people just act yeah. really stupid. Like, and you're sitting there, you're like, but there's only things you'd notice because it probably seems so normal when everyone's battered, just weird little things people do. You're like, yeah, yeah. what is going on? I know, like? or you listen to people's language or you watch how they're stumbling around or whatever, you go look at it and go, God, is that me normally? Yeah. And it, and it is because people you don't notice you do it. you and they like dribble on you and you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> you notice it when you're working in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have We've all worked pubs, haven't we? So we, we know what it's like. I was like, oh, geez, I've probably been like this myself. Yeah. And it's like, you have like those conversations with people, you can tell they've just come back from the toilet with yeah. a bit of nose bag. <laughs> and they'll come back and they'll talk at you. Yep. And so you'll be talking to someone for 15 minutes, but it's like, you have no input on this conversation. No. They literally just bark at you and they leave and they're like, Did I, was that a conversation? <laughs> or was I just told about exactly. something he's thinking about? And you're so, you sit there and just go, Dah! and you're like, okay. And then and they walk away, you're like, was, was I involved in that? Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. It? It yeah, and we've all best. been on the other side of it. We've been the one doing the barking. So, yeah. oh, or you get the situation where you have a conversation with someone and they they say the same thing over and over. That's again. when you know someone's getting For drunk. About ten you minutes. Can it's like, like yeah, you've just said that. Even <laughs> someone that's like holding it together quite well. Yeah. You can tell when they start getting really drunk because that's it. The repetition comes in, yeah. and they'll say it again, yeah. and then two minutes later it'll come up again, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm possibly the worst storyteller ever like I repeat myself <laughs> 10 times not, not even when I'm drunk when I'm sober I just keep repeating myself uh, yeah. too funny oh, so what's so putting booze aside what's what's the what's the big goals this year for you guys for 2020 what's the what are we smashing out this year boom well actually one of mine relates to drinks that was um, waking up happy every morning so that's one of my worst times this morning so if I don't get my sleep or if I don't get everything right yep. for waking up I don't wake up that happy, so that was one of them for me. That's kind of why I kind of cut so out. So what are you game. putting in place? Yeah, what do you, do, what do you yeah. make you do that? Yeah. Not, not I'll drinking. give you my, one of my biggest ones for that, right? I, I put a little YouTube video about this, and it's my three things to like, to, to champion your day. Yeah. And if you wake up, like sometimes you wake up and you're just on the wrong side of the bed, and you're like, don't fucking talk to me. Like, get up, like have a shower. Like, don't have to do like a cold shower, or whatever. Like, on, on, on most days, I'll have a, a cold shower, not because I'm Wim Hof in this bullshit. <laughs> I just don't like hot showers. Like, my missus loves a roast, and I can't, they, they yeah, just yeah. stress me out. I don't I don't know why, but so I like, like, it's like a lukewarm shower, but most days I'll, I'll like have a cold one, it just really wakes me up. But if I wake up and I'm really sure and I can't get myself out, what I'll do is I'll put on the cheesiest cheesiest song <laughs> like um, I told the wish doctor and then you sing oh, along and you that. just you have to you just have to get into it and sing and trust me you, you, you cannot not smile <laughs> and you cannot not laugh so if you ever have a moment like that you just sit there and go like ooh ee ooh ah ah like ah I start smiling now just like thinking about it like, sorry I wasn't expecting that, that as a top tip to feel good in the morning put it on as loud as you can and yeah. just jump around singing something like that and trust me that will fucking pick you up and you'll just be like yeah to be honest for me it's like literally when you wake up just knowing that you have all the stuff done from the day before and just that you went to bed on time so that like you're getting up at the right time that's mainly what it is for me and knowing like I've got quality sleep so not like drinking caffeine too long before bed and drinking alcohol that's kind of what I do to keep keep that goal going. Then obviously making 100k this year. Yeah. Oh, good man, good man. Yeah, Go for the six figures. Go yourself. Way, way away from that. Um, mine. It's really weird because mine, mine literally changed on a week to week basis. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's ambitions and things. Six figures would be lovely to earn six, six, you know, six figures this year. And it's not. And I know from a logical point of view and a, and a practical point of view, it's not. That it wouldn't be impossible. Um, I'm also at the point. I said this to a couple of people, a couple of mates these days that being a little bit later in life, I've done a lot of the stuff I want to do. And I kind of feel that if I keep asking for anything else out of life, that I'm, I feel a bit guilty about asking for more because I've had a pretty bloody good life so far. Mm. Um, so for you, I guess, and I guess it, 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 would, it may end up resulting in a six-figure payout, but my goal is to just impact as many people as I possibly can this year in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through my business, whether it's through helping fellow masterminders, whether it's just helping friends out. You know, I just want to be an impact for people now. I think... As I said, I've given, I've taken so much out of life over the last fifty years. I just want to give back. I still don't quite know what that looks like, uh, but that's the big one for me this year: is to find out, find out what that looks like, and how I can, how I can be the most impactful person I can, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, it's still, a, I'm still on a journey of discovery from that point of view. Um, otherwise, it's things like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am gonna compete this year. Yeah, yeah, is that definitely happening? Definitely happening. I'm getting on stage. When are you um when are you looking at doing that then? July or September. <clears throat> it all depends on the condition. I think the plan is roughly kind of check the condition out in May, mid to end of May, see what it look like, and then go right. Can I cut down fast enough for a July show, or do I have to Mate, do a longer prep and go through to 4, September? Four thousand calories. If you drop down to three thousand for about a month, you'll just I'll drop you'll down, just he'll drop down to two. He'll drop yeah, too. or even that, like you just, that fat just fall off you. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing was, you know, it, 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 when I was in shoot ready condition last year, which was at the same time as one of the shows, you know, Chris, my coach, said, Yeah, you could easily have competed, it would have been fine. Mm. So I know what to expect now, um, but I want to be a bit, I want to have a bit more size on me in a good way before I get on stage. So, yeah, July or September, all depends on the condition in May. That's the plan. Exciting, um, yeah. What do you, Kieran? Um, well, I'm going to do just a little photo shoot in in March. Um, do that and obviously get my brother, who's getting married then, getting him... I mean, his shape's like dramatically improved, but I want to get him like filthy shape for, for his wedding. Yeah. I guess a lot of mine be kind of come back to what you were saying about I want to help... At least say twenty people really not not just getting good shape but getting amazing shape so yeah. shape that they're truly proud of, um, so that's kind of my goal for the year to get twenty people in like phenomenal shape, yeah, um, which then I know that benefit my business hugely as well, um, and then with regards to income is yeah I want to be taking. Take the stress off my girlfriend. My girlfriend yeah. earns good good money. She's got a very stressful job though, and just yeah. take the stress off her. So if she doesn't, doesn't wouldn't to, need to work yeah. as such, or could just get a job that's a lot more easy going um, for herself. So obviously we just bought a house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously get Squidward in there and get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> that is what aims. Get the dog. Get the dog. I miss every dog. Get my little running buddy. Yeah, nice one. Nice one. And then it's like giving people something to take home. So what would be the three biggest sort of points? Of three like focuses for people listening to take away um, that they should focus on to basically improve their their lives, how they feel, how they look. Like, I guess a little generalized health and fitness three pointer. The, the, the very first thing I said, I would say this to everybody is have a goal. 
Yeah. You know, don't just bumble along thinking, you know, saying I want to be fit isn't good enough. You know, because you, you'll just bumble along and not have, you know, put a plan around it. So have a goal um, and, set a, and set a target, you know, whether that's a weight, whether it's a shape or a size or a, a dress size or, a, you know, what you want to look like in front of a camera or a photo shoot or a comp or I a think holiday that is or one a wedding. Thing that is so have, underrated. Have a goal and an end, and an end date. Um, and be very specific with it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. The second one, I think, for me is once you've set that goal, is, you know, is. And we all say it. Um, you get help. You know, there's. I've done this kind of stuff long enough now that it's, it's fucking hard to do it on your own. Um, it's hard enough to do it with help, but actually, but having help and having whether it's a coach, a mentor, a friend, or whatever, um, absolutely get help to to hold you accountable, to make sure you're on the keep you on the track, give you some advice and guide some tough love every now and then, or, or a pat on the back every now and then. Um, and then that third one is just obviously the same thing I'll say to everyone as well is trust the process. Mm. You know, just trust the process. Don't, it, it, your head will fall off. There will be dark days. It will be tough times. There will be things you look at and go, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? And you want to give up. Don't. Yeah. If your why is strong, enough, well, I mean, that's the fourth one. If you're on this fourth, let's have a good why. But that's, that's attached to the goal in the first place. But if that's strong enough, just keep going. Yourself? Um, people are capable of a lot more than they think make sure that you set goals a lot bigger than what you think you're able to do because I guarantee you will be able to if you really want to um, be grateful for what you do have but don't ever settle always try and improve there's always somewhere you can get better and as Brad said just get get help get a coach get a mentor just be careful about the five people you surround yourself with because you become the product of them yeah that's my three yeah what are you care? I'll move around into more of a, a very sort of like mindset based and goal. Obviously, I, I completely agree with the sort of goal and the why. Um, but the biggest thing I'd say is consistency. So, looking at obviously, you know, the kind of main pillars of health your like diet, hydration, exercise, sleep, sort of those things. Just be consistent with all of those. Like, consistently eating good quality foods, yeah, have your treats and stuff, but being consistent with that, don't fucking fluctuate, only eat like a Rice Krispie bar one day and then think of a salad, eating a salad the next day is going to completely outdo just a whole shit diet. Like, one salad doesn't get you slim and healthy, one fucking burger doesn't get you fat. It's just about yeah. doing things consistently and that compound effect. Same with training, just find a form of exercise and training that you enjoy yes not everyone likes to just go and sit in a gym and do bodybuilding style training so don't do it go and find anything yeah. go and do boxing swimming dancing buddy, body Zumba, pump whatever. Yeah. just find something you enjoy doing and just go out there and, and do it and then yeah same again would be like sleep and on those aspects just, just nail it down mm. Yeah. Try and consistently sleep, sleep good. Just be fucking happy. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy life. Enjoy so life. After what, after, I mean, like after all that drama with Kobe Bryant, you never know when your number's up. So yep. make the fucking most of the life you live and make the most of today because you genuinely never know when your number isn't Correct. up. Exactly. So on that positive note. <laughs> <laughs> that positive note. That's a fair point, mate. Well said. Good stuff, guys. Well, thank you so much. It was brilliant. Really yeah, fun. great to talk to you both. Thanks for...
Bye. Oh, it's a bit of time, so yeah. <laughs>